Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Wind Thieved Hat. Episode 10, who'd have thought we'd have made it into double figures. Thank you very much if you've uh, been along for the ride and if this is your first episode then uh, welcome. This time I'll be talking to Kate Stables of the band This Is The Kit. I love This Is The Kit very much and if you've not heard their music then I'd have to say it sort of sits under the heading of folk, but there's something way more kind of groovy going on than that simple label would suggest. The music is, is great, but also there are flashes of lyrical genius, I think, and they are all delivered by Kate's exquisite voice, a voice which sounds just as good when it's talking in conversation as it does on a record. We kick off our conversation by talking about different attitudes to creativity in France and in the UK. We also talk about creative secrets and their importance. Kate describes the creative process as a process of untangling and uh, it's a very interesting metaphor which we explore. And then towards the end of our chat we get into the particular relationship between an artist and their audience and the thing that makes live music special. It's a, it's a lovely informal conversation, in my opinion. However, it wouldn't be the wind thieved hat without me making an apology for audio. And now this week, it's, it's not my fault. Uh, I recorded this chat at Club E4 Back in Cardiff, a few hours before Kate was due on stage to perform. And in the background, there are the distant sounds of uh, Kate's support act, Rosie Plain, rehearsing, sound checking. So, um, You'll hear that and the occasional Cardiff Seagull, but the levels are all good. Kate is very clear and uh, yeah, I think this is a good one. So sit back, make yourself comfortable and uh, please enjoy episode 10 of The Wind Thieved Hat with Kate Stables. something really nice about the French attitude to creativity, I think. Yeah, it yeah. does feel a bit different, it's true. I think they take it more seriously sometimes, yes. if, if I was to generalise in a big generalising way. I feel like I've noticed people take it more seriously and I feel like people that work in creative fields in the UK are usually more apologetic and like sort of disregard what they do a little bit, or they'll I'm trying to think of an example, but they'll be a bit sort of like, oh, I don't have a proper job, for example. Like, yeah. They'll say that. Yeah. Whereas in France, people are like, yes, I'm a graphic designer. You know? Yes. It, yeah. Whereas there's a sort of respect for there's the a, arts. There's a self-respect and a other people respect for the yeah. arts in general. Yeah. Whereas yes. I feel like sometimes in the UK, again, I'm generalising people feel like it's not good enough or it's slacking or it's, yeah. you know, there's a bit of slight bit of shame around it or something. Yeah, yes. Maybe it's a little to do with the sort of personality of uh, you know the yeah the, the, maybe. the attitude of British people as well a bit more. Sort yeah, of, I think uh, that's self-deprecating. Possible. Exactly. I think yes, that could be part of it. Yeah. So how long have you been in Paris? I think it's coming up for 14 years. Right. So you're a proper resident of Paris. Yeah, I'm a proper resident. Yeah. Yeah. And you enjoy life in Paris. Yeah, I love it there. I I feel like I haven't been there. For 
very much this year. I don't think I've been there since April. Right. So I miss him. Yeah. But I'll, I'll be back there in September. What do you miss at Paris? Well, my flat and my right. family. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Top of the list. Yeah, yeah, they're quite big things. But then, um, just just my neighbourhood. I mean, probably wherever I lived, I'd miss it and I'd love it. Yeah. And because I happen to live in Paris, that's where I miss and that's where I love. But just you know, the streets. I've even become really fond of all of the grumpy, rude people that are so easy to find. You know, maybe they're a little bit easier to find in Paris than they are in Bristol, which is where I used to live. Yes. But, you know, every city has grumpy, rude people. Yes. But I used to just take it so personally when people right. when people were shitty to me in Paris, and now I just sort of I just love them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't love them being shitty to me, but I just think. It's all right. I yes. love you. So um, I've got a few questions. Great. Shall I just go for it? Yeah, go for it. They're, they're um, you know, I've got a few questions. Um, I, I thought I'd begin with quite a big question. Yeah. You know, go straight in, if that's okay. all right. Yeah, that's fine. And you are, as I mentioned, uh, the first musician okay. that I've had on the Wind Thieved Hat. It's very nice to, to have you here. Thanks for having me. What, why is music your medium, do you think? Yeah, I don't know because I feel like it could have gone a few ways when I was sort of, um, you know, getting drawn to different ways. I I wonder if it was... Well, I think it was just something that I had always sort of secretly fantasised about being able to do as my job. Right. From quite a young age. Yeah. I liked playing music. I loved all the music I listen to. I don't know, I guess, was I um, influenced by, you know, watching and seeing other bands? Probably. I wonder what I thought they were doing and what made me think I wanted to do it as well. I don't think I did think about it consciously, but I think I've always enjoyed playing and singing and writing music. And then when I started to do it at open mic nights and yeah. local events in Winchester, where I'm from, you know, someone would occasionally say, will you open for this band or do this and this and that. So I slowly ended up doing gigs and then when I moved to Bristol, I did more. Then when I moved to Paris, that was sort of only the only thing I was doing. I'd sort of yeah. finished doing other jobs at that point. So I'd, it's hard for me to decide. I'm not someone that has like, a clear memory of definite moments where it's like that was the day that I yes. did this yeah I think it's just crept along and I'm a bit superstitious I think and reluctant to say things out loud so if there's something I want to do I usually will not mention it or speak about it until I've done it yes I know what you mean if I can help it anyway yeah it's, it's almost like as soon as you said you're going to do it particularly when it's a creative thing yeah a little bit of magic goes yeah the magic goes the pressure's on and I'm a very contrary person, so as long as right. someone's, exp as, as soon as someone is waiting for me to do something, then it's the last thing I want to do. Right. So it's best if I don't tell anyone what my plans Okay, okay. Yeah. So you're a holder of secrets? I think so. Or just like, I, yeah, cards to the chest until, right. until I feel until like I'm ready to put them down. Yeah. <laughs> And, and do, you, do, you, do, you, do you paint or draw? Or I really like drawing yeah. and sometimes I like put some paint on the drawings I do. 
But I always, I'm not a very accomplished drawer. I just always do the same thing. I think when I was at A-level, at sixth form doing A-level art, in the life drawing class I went to, I think one week, the teacher told us to draw without looking at the paper. And I've just only been doing that ever since. So that's what I am. That's how I enjoy drawing. It's just, Without looking at the paper? Yeah, like that's right. the only... I mean, occasionally I'll try and draw something where I do look at the paper, but I yeah. never enjoy it as much. Right. I think there's something about, like, looking at what you're looking at and yeah. not looking anywhere else. Yes. Like, really holding it. Yes. But I really enjoy... You sort of get the detail. I like doing it at gigs as well, because you're just looking and listening, and then at the same time you can be sort of, like, drawing what you see. Yeah. And then it's always a surprise. Yes. I do like hazard. I think I mean that in a French way rather than an English way. In English it's like danger, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I think I mean like... Uh, chance. Luck. Yeah, chance, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I feel like I work like that in a few ways sometimes, but definitely with drawing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And, and one, one of the things I, I, I think yeah. is... Um, I'll be coming along to the gig later on tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, and looking forward to it. One of the things I really enjoy about your music is uh, are the lyrics. Okay. You know, the way you play with words, yeah. I think, is quite distinctive. Okay, thanks. And I think, um, I, find, I find you, you know, your lyrics uh, are um, more challenging, I think, to sort of get under the skin of okay. than, than, you know, other musicians lyrics but, but there's something really nice that's sort of kind of universal about them and sort of mythical mm -hmm. but at the same time they're little sort of glimmers of stuff that feels very particular and personal specificity yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah little sort of shards of um so i'm intrigued by them yeah um do you have a question? Yeah, I suppose the question is, how easy do they, how easy do they come? I, mean, I suppose, you know, the, the classic question one always asks is, you know, which comes first, the music or the lyrics? But, yeah. but is, the, is the lyrical aspect of your music something that, that feels comfortable, that you enjoy? Yeah, I think it's... I was about to say it's the main thing that I enjoy, but then I remembered that, it, that I also really love finding the music to go with the words. Right. But I think... But I do write things all the time, whereas I don't play the guitar all the time. Like, yeah. You know, if I'm walking around or like in the back of the car or whatever, I will always have in fit. I hope usually I've not got something to note stuff down with. So I do spend a lot of time writing, and like I guess I like hearing. I like sort of collecting sounds and phrases that I'll maybe hear someone say or something right. that just strike a bit of a note with me and then I just think, yeah. that is brilliant, I've got to write that down. And then I do write it down and then quite often they make their way into my songs. I feel like there's a few... Yes. I do that quite a lot. I think there's a few stolen or whatever referred to words and phrases yeah. from other places. But then yeah. that makes... That sort of spirals out to my other sort of games of how I'll like play with words and tell a story through that. Yes. 
Because he, 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 one gets that sense of little fragments sometimes that have, you know. I mean, quite often I do actually just find myself on the floor surrounded by bits of paper that I've been snipping up from right. all the writing I do and then yeah. trying to put it in the right order. Because sometimes I'll be like, oh, look, I wrote that there and I wrote that there. Yeah. And then definitely about the same thing, and then so I have to put them together, and then, and often it results in a lot of really complicated sort of Venn diagrams, and you just have to decide, <laughs> okay, which song is going to get this, that one or that one. Sometimes it is both, but yeah, yeah, a lot of sorting out, collecting. I think in everything I do, actually, I often just like collect up a bunch of tangle and then dump it out and sort it out. That's how I tidy up. Right. It's how I pack. It's how I unpack. It's how I write songs. Like yeah. it's, I think that is a pattern I've noticed, a behaviour pattern I've noticed. Yeah, because I, I was, I, when I was, before I came, I was looking through your website and um, uh, uh, you'd written something. Oh no, what did yeah. I write? You'd written or at least you were quoted as having yeah, written. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Yeah. Uh, uh, as artists, we end up writing about stuff that we're trying to decode or come to terms with, the tough stuff. It's how can I untangle this mess? Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of untangling that people do, and I'm definitely aware that I do a lot of untangling, whether it's to write something or to decide what I think about something. I think, yeah. Mm. We're tangly creatures. And, and, and do you find the process of, of, of creating some kind of order out of the chaos of these things quite uh, is that a cathartic experience? Yeah, it's or? helpful, I think. Cathartic. A word I keep hearing this week is, what is it? Palliative. Right. I think it's palliative. Right. Palliative. <laughs> To, um, to untangle things and try yeah. and make sense of things. I think that's what humans do. We spend the whole time trying to make sense of things. Yeah. Sometimes I think, just stop it. Don't bother trying to... Yeah. Why are you wasting your time trying to make sense of that? And other times, I feel like it's it really makes sense and makes people feel better and, yeah. and um, understand things in a clearer way. Yeah. And understand each other as well because we're such a mess a lot of the time and I think a lot of that comes from lack of empathy lack of compassion lack of understanding it's good to just sort of slow down and think about what it's like to be in other people's situations mm. and remember that we don't know anything about their lives or like what sort of day they've had to make them behave in whatever way they yeah. behave in yeah because it's interesting isn't it that sort of um, culturally what's going on at the moment sort of runs a bit counter to that you know we we're, we're encouraged to make very quick assumptions yeah there, there, there's a sort of you know polarity there's lots of polarities going on in yeah, people being driven into different yeah. camps and very little uh, searching for the common ground yeah I agree it would be great if there could be a bit more of that but I guess it's just up to the individual to just keep sort of striving to build little mini bridges you know even just like walking down the road and like smiling at someone making eye contact in a shop or something I think it really helps 
universe yeah. if everyone can do that yeah. even once a day yes <laughs> yeah. Really yeah 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 that's a good uh, yeah hopefully this will yeah inspire every listener to <laughs> smile at somebody in the shop yeah. I hope hold so. the door open for someone yes that's 20 more smiles <laughs> uh, um, and, and this is this is maybe one of the roles of, uh, of art though isn't it that, I think so um, not only does it um, and music in particular not, not, not only does it say something about our our common condition, but the experience of sharing music, yeah. and particularly thinking about live music, some of the most um, intense experiences I've had over the last few years, when I've felt most disconsolate about yeah. our world <laughs> and the shit that's going down, has been at, at gigs. You know, where, yeah. where where you're stood in a in a venue with a thousand other people yeah it's like a sort of communal situation yeah and that's important isn't it yeah it's really important and for everyone to just be focused on the same thing enjoying the same thing I even think there's something quite powerful about everyone clapping at the same time right like just I feel like it just sort of you know it has some sort of shamanic rattle effect or something like yeah. everyone just gets a bit sorted out by having a clap together yes and then also just depending on the music they're watching being told some sort of story or just having the sound I feel like there's on a lot of levels it's really healthy to go to gigs because yeah. we, we, we get locked in our own little worlds don't we it's, yeah. it's easy to um, assume that everyone else is doing better than we are especially in this day and age of all of these ways of kind of communicating and staying in touch with each other but actually everyone has to make out I mean I guess you don't they're not designed it would be it would be sad if like for example social media stuff was just all about saying how hard you found it <laughs> that wouldn't be fun and that wouldn't catch on so it's become this creature of like fluffy happy land yeah and it's very misrepresentative I think because people are either trying to make out that they're doing better than they are or or um, or someone takes it as that I don't know I don't know I haven't done any studies into it but I feel like the, the one thing I think of as a musician and like the way that I'm supposed to use it as a tool or to interact with people or to whatever when you're on tour there are some really great moments and there are really hard times but um, you kind of only feel like you can ever like show the pretty presentable bits I mean I don't have any desire to like share with everyone when everyone's emotionally and physically exhausted and yeah. like struggling Yeah. so of course I'm not going to do that <laughs> yeah. so as a result of which it's just like sort of great look nice view gone to the beach yeah, kind of, you yeah, know doing yeah. a gig seeing this person done this like so that's great like keeping up with people but it, it's true that as a viewer of all that you're just like well these people are doing great or they're doing fine they're doing good and then you can and then you question yourself you're like but I don't I don't feel like I'm doing okay but look at all these other people and I feel like it it's got quite a, it's quite influential I think on people's mental health and yeah, I think yeah, yeah I think it'd be good if I don't know what can be done, like reminding people about that. <laughs> well, I, I think that's um, 
You know, they say that uh, bad times make for good art. And, uh, yeah, it's I, true. I, I, I'd like that not to be the rule, though. I mean, like, yeah. I think really brilliant, amazing art comes out of bad times. And I think that and there's some of the stuff that I'm most ple- pleased with has come out of hard times, but I don't want it to be the definite rule that you can only make art if you're fucked up and miserable. Yeah. I refuse to believe that. So... I don't know where I'm going with this. It's true. If there's one good thing that can happen out of bad times, I guess it's like emotional and psychological growth and learning mm. and a bit of art. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit of art on the side. Yeah. So let, let, let's talk a little bit about your particular sort of process. Okay. Um, uh, so, so, so right at the beginning of, of creating something, Yeah. Wh- where do you find your inspiration comes from where, where does your muse tend to sort yeah. of come to you it's hard because I don't know if there is a beginning right. I feel like the creative process for probably a lot of people it's just like a constant flow existing with you all the time and it doesn't stop and start but it does sort of like go down to a trickle sometimes or like or get really um, big and you know Productive. Yeah. So I wonder what um, makes me. What am I trying to think about here? Whether what makes me start writing a song, or when I sit down, like what makes. What do I? Where do I go to for inspiration, sort of thing? When I'm physically creating. Thinking about what you said about sort of taking notes of things, and, yeah. and, and there are times when you've got a mess that you feel like you want to untangle. Yeah. Is there? Um, is there a particular impulse that makes you want to do it, or is it just that it comes and that, and that's the time to do it? Well, it's tricky because I think my life has changed a lot. Like it used to be that I could do it whenever I fancied, and it would be sort of how I would spend my time on my own or whatever. You know, I could just write a song or whatever. But now I don't feel like it's the same, and that itself is a conundrum because one thing that makes me go around in circles is thinking about our relationship with time and how we use it and like where we dish it out and at at this point in my life I feel like I don't have or maybe I mean I don't make enough time to be on my own and creating because I think that is what I haven't learned how to manage what am I doing I'm rambling in order for me to create stuff and feel pleased about it and get involved in it and really yeah. like deep in I've got to be totally on my own right I don't want to, I, I can't like if I've got like three hours that's not long enough I need like all day complete solitude right and that's not very clever because that never happens <laughs> and if you've got a family and yeah like, you have to and tour I want to see them <laughs> yeah, yeah you want to see them so yeah I, it's tricky but so to try and get back to the question yeah. total solitude and then just playing yeah I think a lot of creative I mean maybe just all creativity any sort of art or even work as well I feel like human beings play but I feel like the only word we have in English for it is play but I feel like probably in another language there's a word which means play and work and be industrious and be creative and do stuff without a particular goal in mind that you know 
will come up with something that you're pleased with. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That. Yes. Yeah. So if there's room for, if there's enough room for playing, and then just yeah, tipping out the bag of ideas. Yeah. Time and space and. Yes. And place because it does make a difference. If I'm in my flat, I find it harder to write than if I'm in like a new place or in a neutral sort of place. That's interesting. Do you deliberately then go to neutral places or, or, yeah. or other places to write? I've got like a little practice space that I share with some friends so I can go there a couple of days a week when I'm home and uh, and that is really good but I notice myself being more productive when the room is nicer and for example above ground natural light I mean you can be, I, could be, I could be infinitely fussy about yeah. what sort of right. the perfect space am I in yeah. but it's just I feel really lucky that I do have a little room I can go to yeah. and I can also just pull my socks up and do it at home if that's the time and space I've got then I yeah. can you do what you can yes but it's harder in a way isn't it if it's, it's like right okay I've got three hours yeah. uh, I need a song uh, yeah. uh, it's why this I was explaining why the podcast is called The Wind Thief Tag yeah. in, in a way we just have to let it come to us don't exactly. we and the more we chase it the, the, the more futile it can become sometimes. and quite often my best ideas or the things that I feel most excited about are things that I've thought of that I've ended up like playing in a sound check or in a situation where I'm not thinking okay writing a song now yeah. just sort of pissing about not paying attention to anything and then it sort of comes out and you sort of go oh, I hope I can remember that yeah yeah. Noodling along on the guitar. Noodling, exactly. So much noodling. And um, uh, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with a bit of noodling. We could all noodle some more, I think. Maybe. Uh, I feel like humans do a lot of noodling. It's almost uh, what human, you know, that's the main thing we do, isn't it? Noodling. So I want to ask you about the back, like the setup with This Is the Kit as well. Mm. And um, as I understand it, you will correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's not like a, a band in the sort of conventional sense. In, yeah. in that it's I mean, like fixed members who've you, you you're the sort of center of gravity aren't you really yeah and you've got friends who come and and long-time collaborators but you can probably put it a bit better than well, I. well no i think you're probably a bit more articulate than i am but it's tr- i mean the past sort of maybe five to ten years it's basically always been the same band and that has been really great because we just we've sort of developed together and grown together and their styles I really appreciate and all, everything that they sort of put into the band like they've really shaped the sound of the project in quite a big way yeah And but it's true that before then it was more just sort of I'd turn up and whoever I knew in the town would come and play it, yeah it sort of has changed a bit but I do like working with different people but at the same time it's funny because I'm really shy and a bit uptight about like being sort of free with music I'm not a super competent musician or improviser or anything so that is an area I need to work on I was interested in uh, I was thinking about it um, uh, how you 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 know you're at home or in this the practice room and you come up with a song yeah. and, then, and then there must be a point at which you sort of take it to bring it to the group bring it to the group and you sit <laughs> down with Rosie and Neil and, and, and uh, is, is that part of the process important to the yeah, outcome of the song yeah I think it is probably important collaborative 
But it's tricky because I'm so bad at that sort of thing and because I'm so terrified of playing them anything, I normally don't sit down with them. Also, it's sort of quite intense, isn't it? If someone's like, okay, I'm going to play your song now, sit down and listen. Yeah. And then you're just there sort of going... Three like, minutes later. Hoping to, like, you're pulling the right face and, like, yeah. not looking wrong. Yeah. So I guess that for that reason, I, I usually sort of get a song to a place where I feel like I can play it live, even if there's probably stuff that's going to change about it. Yeah. And then I just play it at gigs. And then the band hear it while I play it. And then they'll hear it however many number of times we do gigs if I'm playing yeah. it at gigs. And then if we get a time to rehearse then we'll start working on it and so they will have already maybe had a few ideas about right. what they could bring to it yeah and do you enjoy that that, that uh, enjoy what them them bringing them stuff bringing along them. Oh, yeah completely yeah. it's really exciting yeah. because quite often by that point I'm a little bit I'm sort of approaching despair and sort of boredom and like frustration at me this song I've written I feels the same as all the other ones and I don't know what to do with it and then they just completely give it life. Yeah. And and so that I feel I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> I feel really I feel really lucky that they are up for doing that. And it's it's interesting. You you know you've you've been doing this for a while. You've, you've made some great records. Lots of people enjoy your work, but you still feel that sort of nervousness about share or, or reluctance to, yeah, to think, share it with a band. I think it? everyone does. I mean, it's funny because I don't feel nervous about sharing it with strangers. Right. I think it's just that thing of people whose opinions I value so highly that I can't even bear like thinking about what their face might be doing while I'm playing a song just in case. I don't know, you know, it's yeah. just like super yeah. stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I, I, I um, you know, part of my professional life is coming up with ideas. Yeah. And uh, very often I'll share them with my wife, yeah. Kate. Um, and oh, a nice name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, she'll be here later on. And, yeah. um, uh, and, and that's very good for me because she will always be positive, mm-hmm. you know. But I can tell because I, like, I can t- like gauge the. Sugarcoating the yeah, pill. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> you know, she's like, yeah, yeah, that's good. It's like, man, that's shit. I need to start again. Oh. But you, you read, you know, yeah. Yeah. having. Um, uh, th- th- that's quite imp- important you to me at least. people's language a bit. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, do they ever, do you, do you play them or something or do they hear something and they, you think, oh dear, this is... This has gone badly. This has gone badly. Or may- maybe it's the other way. I, well, I don't know. They're always just really nice and supportive. Yeah. They've never, I don't think they've ever given me any reason to be scared of their reaction. Yeah. It's all just come from inside my head. Yeah, yeah. One thing I... Um, also read on your website. Okay, I don't know how good. much you had to do with the website, but um, I mean, in theory, loads. But I don't remember. It was what probably I, a while ago. You know, like, um, but uh, you, you you wrote. I think it was about Moonshine Freeze. Okay. Um, you wrote about the strange, accidental, fortune-telling nature of the writing process. Yeah. Which intrigued me. Yeah. Have you not come across that? A little bit. Like, yeah. I just feel like when you're sort of. For me, I feel like. I want to use the word writing because I feel like it happens when people write stuff, but it must also happen in other forms of creativity. You just get coincidences, like you just, you know, you paint a picture of a green balloon in a 
puddle and then like a year later you'll walk past a green balloon in a puddle and be like whoa yeah. wait a minute and I feel like that just does happen and I don't know probably someone with a good maths brain would explain why it's just like probability and bound to happen yeah but I I like it I like the idea of like just letting your brain you know sticking the antenna out <laughs> and then seeing what you get mm. and then it's funny when that happens later yeah it just feels yeah. Yeah. kind of magic yes sort of tune in to something else maybe. there's a nice I don't know if that's on the website as well but there's a nice Alan Bennett he writes about that right in I don't one recall of his books. seeing it I think it's a book he wrote about his family called A Life Like Other People's or something right. that might be completely the wrong okay. title but he talks about writing and the sort of the funny way that well exactly that that you yeah. can write something and then later on it comes true and yes I think somebody's done a thing with The Simpsons, haven't they? Where, where Maybe, I hope the, so. The Simpsons has predicted, you know, Trump being president. Oh my and God, all, yeah, I But all, all, all these things have, it's have, true. have, have come to pass. Yeah, I feel like in that case, yeah, that, it, there's so much in this. It's so dense and so huge and so vast. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense that mm. there's lots of, you know, that happening in it. Mm. But maybe that's what life is as well. It's just dense and vast, so it makes sense that the stuff's going to line up with the ideas people yeah. have. Yes. Yeah. I think they, they call it the doppelganger effect. No, is it? The, the, no, is it the Bader Minoff? I always get confused. I don't but there's know. a thing when, when you're, you've been talking about something. Yeah. And then you see it, or yeah. like a word. Okay. You've discovered the meaning of a word, and then you come across that word like loads. Like pa palliative. Yes. I keep hearing yeah, right, it. people okay. say that like this yeah. month. It's a weird thing. In very separate places. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyway, um, I, I don't know whether it's bad or my enough. Doppel uh, doppelgangers when you see two things the same. Doppelganger is yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. look-alike. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not that. So it must no. be the other one. Yeah, it must be the other one. Um, so we're, we talked a little bit about the ideas and, and, the, and, the, and the band. So we're, we're here in Club E4 back. Yeah. Um, I have no doubt that people can hear Whoever's sound checking, sound it's checking. Is playing? Is Fozzie playing? Yeah. Is she playing like separately? Yeah, she's doing a set to Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Cool. That's exciting. Um, uh, playing live then, playing live, performing. Yes. That, is that, is that, a, obviously that's an important thing yeah, to you. Yeah, I love it. Let me try and work out what I like about it. I like being with the audience and having that sort of exchange. I like spending that time with my friends with my band because I think it's pretty important to spend time with people and not necessarily be having conversations or talking and I feel like music is really good for that and I really love what they play and it's that thing isn't it like in as I was saying earlier on, like I'm just someone that like clumps things together and then tips out. I feel like you can probably hear that in my playing, and I can hear all the, all the personalities of the people in my band in their playing. In the same way that you sort of, when someone draws a picture or their handwriting, it does reflect their personality. I think. I don't know if there's any way of decoding it, but often it just makes sense. Like yeah. you'll hear someone playing some music, then you'll see a drawing they've done, and it 
just seems totally like it has come from the same sort of energy. Yeah. So I like that energy exchange with people. And there's something about doing it live, like in front of an audience, that's really different, I think, from doing it in private in a room. The pressure is off in a lot of ways and on in some ways, and I feel like it's quite a good combination. How, how do you mean? Well, the pressure's on in that you're presenting this music and you, you want it to be good enough and you're trying to make it good enough to be presentable to this room of people. Yeah and enjoyable for them, but also enjoyable for you. So it's not just like a sort of mess around jam, but it's also a gig, so you, oh, I can't remember what I've, I mean, what have I just done? I've do, have I done the pressure or the no pressure? You see, I can't even, I don't even know whether that makes it more pressure yeah. or less pressure. Yeah. But I can tell that the pressure points have been moved yes. from a private situation. Yeah. yeah. Because okay. I suppose the song exists as a thing, doesn't it? And yeah. you know where it starts and where it ends. And but it is but still kind of a surprise. Like anything, still can kind of happen. Right. And I like it when, when there's more room for anything happening. Like yeah. when you do go to a place where you know some people that play, and they just come and join you, and then the structures changes. Everyone yeah. just has to sort of flow with it a bit yeah. and not just be you know yeah. going through the motions of what they always do I like it yeah. when it gets a bit dangerous and yes. hazardous again it's very much about the present moment as well a live event yeah, isn't it exactly, by, sort of exactly. by definition but yeah, people are engaging mistake. with the same thing at the same time in that particular context again it's, it's, it's got like, like this, a nowness what were you talking about going to a gig it being good for you having a clap yeah. like it just, yeah. it's just good for everyone Yes. I think. Sometimes it feels a bit um, one-sided because if I was to think of it in terms of kind of an exchange with the audience, I'm the only one that gets to say anything. But I feel like, again, there's more to an exchange than just verbal. Mm. And I think it's quite powerful and like generous what an audience mm. does. And that's the difference, right? you know, if, if you read a novel, you, you read it on your own, you can talk to yeah. people about it. If you, you see a painting, it's it's, it's on your own, but there's something about the collective experience of live yeah. music, which is quite, um, I mean, it's, uh, it, 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 it goes back to the sort of dawn of, you know, since we began as a species, isn't yeah, it, really? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I feel like there's something quite magic about, why is it that putting it in the sort of, um, a one-shot gig sort of situation, like I, I feel like I've had conversations with people about, well, certain performers that will rehearse those, but they'll never get, or like like circus performance or whatever, it's very rare that they'll get the trick or whatever it is they're doing right in rehearsal, but they always get it right for the show. Right. And I feel like there's a lot of truth in that and sort of wisdom. I don't know, I don't even know what it is, but it's, I think it's true. And I've, I've often thought also about the fact that well, in my opinion, a gig is kind of worth ten rehearsals because you can sort of practice stuff loads and loads and loads. But there's something kind of pressure cookery about doing it at a gig. Everything's sort of... You're just more super tuned in mm. with everything. I don't know, your senses are working on a different... Yeah. 
Yes, I, 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 do, I do a little bit of public speaking and yeah. very much feel like that. You are in a, the electricity settings are a bit different than your yeah, brain at that it, point. It's really I mean. different, isn't it? Well, one thing I'm curious about as a musician uh, is, uh, do you get, I mean, you play the same songs again and we're in sort of festival season and all this. Yeah. Does it get a bit, do you, tiring or do I kind of I worry about the band I hope that they're not going mental I usually I feel like it's quite a, you just get into whatever story you're telling I think you get again it's just being in the present so sometimes it's true I'll feel like oh god not this song again like but then most of the time that doesn't happen and I'm just yeah. sort of in it and remembering what I was thinking about when I wrote it and then maybe thinking of new things that I hadn't thought of and stuff like that. Right. But it's true. I mean, it, it really depends where you are because if it's like the beginning of, of a patch of a bunch of new songs that's quite exciting to play, you're still working them out, you know, that's quite a nice journey. But if it's like at the end of a year of touring, like at the moment, I feel like I'm really ready to stop playing yeah. the songs. Right. I mean, I still have a good time playing them and everything, yeah. but every gig I'm like, oh my goodness, we can't play these songs again. <laughs> we did this last time. We did this last night. We did this last time yeah. we came in Cardiff or whatever. But I, but I have to remember that the audience don't see us play every night. Yeah. They see us play once a year or however often mm -hmm. we come to a thing. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to play the songs again, I think. It is okay. I hope. I'm looking forward to hearing them at least. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> if you're yawning tonight, I'll know why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't yawn. I just sort of sit there going, oh, yeah. my God, I better yeah. finish this song. It's this one again. Right. But, I, but I haven't had that feeling for a while, actually. I think, like, towards the end of last year, when we'd been doing a lot of touring, Yeah. I was going a bit mad. But then had a break, and now this, this summer has... It's just been nice to play them and sort of mm. think, oh yeah, we can do this all right. Yeah. <laughs> you, seem, you seem very uh, comfortable on stage, I think. You seem very, you have a very sort of relaxed kind of air. I watched the, I wasn't at Glastonbury, but I watched the Glastonbury set. They, it was it Neil, the guitarist. Oh yeah, he was it? having a bit of trouble. He was, was having a bit of trouble, but you've you, you seemed totally relaxed up there. Yeah, I think. It seems to be quite comfortable. Place, I you? think it is a comfortable place because you're with people that have chosen to be there. I mean, sometimes you get a hostile crowd, but usually not. Usually they've chosen to be there. They're up for hanging out with you. I'm up for hanging out with them. I don't know. I. It's just nice being with people. Before you go on. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes the nerves manifest themselves in different ways. But I feel like it can be quite a nice calm place doing a gig because it's a set amount of time you've got these tasks to get through and you're with a bunch of people that you'd like to sort of interact with I, I feel like there was definitely a time in my life whenever when it, it was the one place that was like calm and peaceful from the stage yeah and so I feel like that's still true, but I feel like my life's less, less hectic now, so there's less yeah. of an extreme between like off stage and on stage. Right. But it's just like, oh, okay, this is really easy. I've just got to do one thing for the next hour. 
be with this one room of people. So that side of it, I think I really like. Yeah. And I was trying to think the other day about what, who I, who do I think I'm talking to at a gig? Because I don't visualise one person and I can't visualise every person and I'd be interested to know about other people. Like you, for example, when you're public speaking, who does it feel like you're talking to? <laughs> well, when it, when it goes well, yeah. I feel like I, I'm, there, there is a relationship between me and the audience. Yeah. Uh, and I really feel like, although they're not actually talking to me, there is a, we, I'm responsive to them yeah. and, I, and, I, and we are we are engaging and I think when it doesn't go so well certainly when I sort of began doing it I would sort of broadcast yeah. <laughs> you know like I, I knew there was something I had to say and I would just stand up and just hurl it at them yeah. <laughs> and, and, and hope that you know it went down well yeah. and I think over time you get a bit better at, at, at just relaxing yeah. and allowing um, yourself to to, to 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 bend a little bit with and with, with how be you with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's, and, and and when you do that, it can be very enjoyable because you do feel like you're there at that in that moment. Then, yeah. whereas a, you know, when I was doing the broadcast thing, yeah. you're usually thinking about what you're going to say next. Yeah, I I totally know what you mean yeah yeah and and that in, and in a funny way with creativity i think it requires you to um to to be in the moment now yeah as a as an observer i think you know uh, but also as as a as a creator i did say this to a photographer sean david uh-huh. who i uh, really admire and, and we did a chat and she said no I, I completely disagree with that when I'm taking a photograph I'm thinking about all the technical stuff you know yeah. the exposure and all, all that kind of thing but I think for me at least um, uh, I, d- I do yeah and that kind of is being in the moment because yeah. that is her moment yeah. Like yeah yeah I suppose it is all of these yeah. moving parts you're just like connected to them all at the same time yeah in order to get whatever that thing result that yeah. you're doing yeah so I, yeah I guess it depends but it's true and it's funny because it does vary doesn't it you can have a good time and feel really relaxed and chatty or you can have maybe also a good time but just be feeling quieter and more shy and less yeah and it seems to, to not really follow any like sometimes I can have slept terribly and you know just be all out of kilter and I, and, I, and it's great yeah sometimes and other times really, really well flow. prepared all nice good <laughs> breakfast all that and I'm shit yeah, yeah. it's really strange isn't it it's yeah. like there's no sort of rhyme or reason and that I quite like that as well because that again is this element of chance you're like well I don't know how this gig's going to go mm. I don't know if I'm going to play I don't know how well I, or badly I'm going to play and I don't know how I'm going to engage with the audience in like in this, this sort of so many ways, isn't there? So yeah, that's interesting. And, it, and then when you when you take your um, your songs to the studio mm-hmm. um, and, and 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 lay them down, yes, is that is that a part of the process you enjoy, or are you yeah, sort of in and out, or do you, do you do you feel that, that is a sort of significant contribution to? 
Yeah, but it's a sort of focus point of sorts because you, it's nice to have a way of presenting songs to people without them having to be at a gig because not everyone can be at a gig all the time. And, and I really enjoy it. It's fun deciding what to do with a track. And it's nice deciding what to do with other people or with new people if you're sort of working with someone that you've not worked with before. I really enjoy recording, but I do feel like um, the recorded version of a song for me isn't the definitive version of a song. I mean, I feel like there is no definitive version of a song, that's probably why. Like, I know some people that are just like, it's got to be perfect, it's got to be the exact way that it'll be forever. And I feel like for me it's a little bit more like a gig, but it's a gig that you can sort of step out of and like tweak it a bit and then do it again. You know, it's it's the document of an event happening. Yeah. But for me it's not like the bug in the amber. It's just mm -hmm. sort of a version of the song right. at that time. Yeah. Because often they'll change yeah. along the way anyway. Yeah. So I was listening to um, a thing about... Uh, it was a couple of years ago it was the 50th anniversary of Sgt Pepper okay. and there was a, um, a lot of programmes on the radio about um, about the Beatles at the time but there was a clip with George Martin mm -hmm. and he was saying how um, when they recorded Sgt Pepper at that time bands went into the studio and the, the trick of the, the job of the producer or the engineer was to try and get everything sounding as, as similar to a live performance as possible yeah. and that was the first time that they'd gone in and they thought this is a particular situation yeah. and we can do things here that we can't do anywhere else yeah. how might we do exploit the possibilities of that yeah. um, and obviously you know they really went to town <laughs> yeah, great time <laughs> with all that uh, um, but I, I thought I, I think that's really interesting that yeah. the, the particularities of context can it's true studio is a particular context and plus each each different studio situation is a different studio context as well, like some of them. And there'll be a varying number of people you're working with or that are in the room listening or yeah, all these factors that will just like shape it and chisel it a little bit. So yeah, I feel like again it's it's just a different shape of gig. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So um, we should probably wrap up because um, okay. uh, you've got um, a busy evening ahead. Um, well, maybe doors haven't opened yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, do, you, do you have any sort of ambitions creatively? Do you? Do you? I, I sort of think you well, don't even think in that way, do you? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm treading on thin ice here with my superstitious, not saying anything out loud of course. Yeah. tendencies. But there's definitely things I'd love to do or love to get better at. I'd love to get better at playing my instruments I'd like to I'd really like to have a go at producing other people's music and recordings I'd love to try that I don't know if I've got the right character but I'd like to try it and see and what else I'd love to do this past year I've had a few little dabbles into writing music for film and I really liked it and I'd like to try that some more yeah, I'd like to try more things and just mm. get better at them. I've been singing in other people's projects and bands a bit. 
Yes. Mainly for recording, but a few lives, quite a bit of live stuff as well. And I just love it. Right. So I'd like to do more of that, being someone else's band member. Right. And why, why do you enjoy that? It feels like there's less pressure and there's less plates to spin and you can just like focus on your job that you've been given to do and just do it as well as you can rather than worrying if everyone's okay all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I really enjoy doing that and like just, yeah, just having one thing to do, trying to do it well. Yeah. Yeah, just I feel lucky that I'm able to do this as my main activity, whatever this is, and I hope it can just sort of continue and will remain to be sustainable for as long as possible. I will raise a beer to that <laughs> later on in the bar okay, at Club okay. E4 back. Um, brilliant. Thank you so much, Kate. Thanks it's for the chat. Re re really fascinating talking to you. Well, like That's um, excellent and um, good. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks for the nice chat. Yeah, it's really, it's really nice to sort of think about these things and to mull them out loud, mull them over out loud. Right, good. Because I think that is actually how. I think we need to do that. Often it's not, you have to say things out loud before you know what you think about them. Yeah. For me, anyway. Yes. I'll, I'll, it takes me saying stuff to know whether I actually don't I completely don't think that or I do or whatever yeah so it's nice I, I, I know what you mean yeah good oh please you, you found it helpful too. very helpful always yeah. help chats are always helpful they are good yeah, more chats so there we are Kate Stables in episode 10 of the Wind Thief Hat now if you do know anybody who has uh, an exceptional film project in the making and is looking for somebody to score it then you could do a lot worse than get in touch with Kate. A few hours after that chat was recorded I had the pleasure of listening to Kate and her band perform at Club E4 Back. It's a great venue in Cardiff. Anybody who's, uh, who's listening and is not too far away from uh, from South Wales should, uh, should pay a visit. If you'd like to hear Kate and her band play then uh, visit their website. This is the kit. Next time I'll be venturing deeper into Wales uh, where I have a conversation with the sculptor Ivan Black. I'm very much looking forward to sharing that one with you. For now, if there's anybody who you think you'd like to hear talk about their creative process, then please drop me a line at hello at richardholman.com. That's all for now. Thanks very much for listening. I really do appreciate your support. All the best. Bye-bye.